You are listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today's talk comes from Amanda Brophy. Well, good morning, everyone. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Amanda, and I am the missions director here at Sunnybrook Church. Today, I have the opportunity to share more about our For the World campaign with you that we launched last week, as well as share about how we as Christians are called to be a blessing to other people. Now, I have known for quite some time, with this campaign being very mission-heavy and me being the missions director, that I would be preaching one of these Sundays. And so as I started thinking about it, I wanted to have an introduction that was funny or catchy, might win some of you over. So I started looking at what other teachers and staff have done. And you know what lands well with you guys every time is a joke about Pastor Jeff. (laughs) Now, since I'm not his daughter, I figured that that wasn't appropriate, so I ruled that one out. But as I was writing this message, it became very clear to me what I wanted to say. As a long-suffering fan who is coming off of a pretty good win yesterday and is just honestly a little tired of hearing about Michigan from this stage, I thought I would finally represent Iowa and say, Go Hawks! Now, I realize I've created some division in this room, um, so hopefully I can win a few of you back, but if you're a Cyclone or a Cornhusker, I'm sorry, you're not going to receive my support today. (laughs) Today, we are going to be looking at the saying that we are blessed to be a blessing. Now, this is a saying that you might be familiar with, but what might surprise you is that it is actually rooted in Scripture. We're going to be looking at a promise that was given to Abraham in the Old Testament and how that promise still applies to us today. But before we dive too deep into that, I think it's important that we define the word blessed. We live in a society that tends to use this word a little bit flippantly. We often actually use it as the replacement word for lucky. You know what I'm talking about, right? It says, it feels a little weird to say that you're lucky to have the spouse that you do, that you're lucky to have a job that you enjoy, that you're lucky to have a roof over your head. So instead, you say you are blessed. You're blessed to have the job you do. You're blessed to have your spouse. You're blessed to have a home, which is absolutely true. But today, we are not just looking at worldly blessing. Instead, we're going to dive into the biblical definition of this word and what a biblical blessing is. So here is a biblical definition of the word blessing. To increase in joy and peacefulness. Notice it doesn't say to increase in wealth, to increase in material items, to increase in status. We are blessed so that we can bless others, but we need to understand that God can bless us in ways that are not only tangible and material in this world. God can bless us with his peace. He can bless us with his joy, and he can bless us with a greater understanding of who he is. Let's take a look at where this word occurs in scripture. Now, as I said earlier, we are going to be talking about a promise that was given to Abraham in the Old Testament but we are gonna carry the thread of that promise through to the New Testament and see how it still applies to us today. So we're gonna start with when that blessing was given. To help you see this thread, we have a timeline, and you can see that this blessing was given in the Old Testament in the book of Genesis. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, I would invite you to open that up to the book of Genesis chapter 12. We're gonna read verses one through three. It says in Genesis 12, the Lord had said to Abram, 
Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, if it feels like there's a whole lot of blessing going on, that's because there is. If you lost count, the word bless is used five times in some form in that passage. Five. Now, if something is repeated that many times, it warrants paying attention to. However, we have a tendency when we read this passage to pay attention to the wrong aspects of it. We tend to pay attention to the immediacy of it. We like to look at Abraham asking God, or God asking Abraham to move. We like to look at God making Abraham's name into a great name. We look at God making Abraham into a great nation. We fixate on those things, but let me make one thing clear. That part of the blessing is not for us. We cannot simply insert ourselves into a Bible story and a promise meant for someone else in that way. Just because we believe in Jesus doesn't mean that our name will be made great or that we will have great financial wealth, that our family name will be made high. No, that part of the blessing is meant for Abraham alone. But the last part of that blessing, that all peoples will be blessed through you, that part applies to you and I. All peoples includes you and I. So in Abraham's lifetime, he actually never saw his blessing come to fruition, not in its entirety anyways. He saw the immediate effects of it, but this last part of the blessing, since it continues through you and I, did not come to fruition in his lifetime, but we see it throughout the Bible. Here on our timeline, we can see that in the New Testament, it's referenced again. We're going to go first to Matthew chapter 1, which is the blessing remembered. We say it's the blessing remembered because the blessing was given over 2,000 years before this point. And in the first verse of the first chapter of the first book of the New Testament, we have a reference back to it. This verse is building a bridge to recall back to that promise. Here's what it says. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, if you're anything like me and you see the word genealogy, you might sigh a little. When my quiet time is filled with a genealogy, honestly, I get a little frustrated because I don't know half of the names. I can't pronounce them. And about halfway through, I just want to start skimming and say, what is this here for? But this genealogy is of the utmost importance because it is the genealogy of Jesus. We get to see the path that leads to Jesus. So why is Abraham's name here? To make the connection from Abraham and the promise that was given to him to the birth of Jesus. It all goes back to the original blessing given to him in the book of Genesis. We're going to move now to a time in the New Testament when the blessing is actually quoted. We're going to move to the uh, book of Acts chapter 3. And at this point, Jesus has already lived his life. He was crucified, dead, buried, descended into hell, ascended again. If you missed any of our Creed series, there you go. Seven weeks in a nutshell. At this point, the disciples are sharing about Jesus with everyone around them. And a lame man is healed in chapter 3. And Peter, one of the disciples, wants to make it clear that it is through faith in the name of Jesus alone that he was healed. 
Now a crowd has gathered around to witness this miracle, and this is what Peter says to them. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Here we see that it says through your offspring, meaning through the offspring of Abraham, all nations will be blessed. If we recall back to Matthew 1.1, we know that Jesus comes through the line of Abraham. The servant that Peter is talking about in this passage is Jesus. God is now using the good news of Jesus to be preached all around the world. And it all goes back to the original promise made to Abraham. Now bear with me because I know we're covering a lot of scripture pretty quickly, but we're going to move to a really important component of it, which is the blessing extended. This occurs in Galatians chapter 3, and at this point in the Roman Empire, Christianity is spreading like wildfire. Thousands of Gentiles are coming to know Christ, and the Apostle Paul wants to make it clear that it is through faith in Jesus alone that this happens. It's not through works, it's not through acts, it's not through anything that we can do on our own, but through faith in Christ alone. Here's what he says. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. As you read this passage, you might be thinking, who is this group, those of faith? Those of faith, the sons of Abraham, who is that? The Apostle Paul writes out that this is anyone who believes in Jesus. To help make this point a little more clear, let's name a few groups that this might be. Young and old, rich and poor, educated and illiterate, male and female, black and white, Americans and Russians, Africans and Indians, Salvadorians and Papua New Guineans, this right here is the blessing extended. This is the point when we understand that the blessing is not just meant for Abraham, but rather that the blessing is meant for anyone who believes in Jesus. I grew up going to church, and I went to Sunday school a lot, so I could rattle off many a corny children's song and the actions for you. If you want a good rendition of I Just Want to Be a Sheep, that wasn't was a favorite at our church. But the truth of those songs has stuck with me. So for those of you who may have grown up in the church, let's see if this one has stuck with you. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Right arm, Father Abraham. Oh my gosh, you guys all got an extra hour of sleep, and I don't think one person participated. If you are looking for a good wake-up call, find me after the service. We'll do a good Sunday morning workout because the actions in their entirety will work up a sweat. But while this is a funny children's song with actions, it is based in biblical truth. It proclaims the truth that we are the sons of Abraham, that anyone who believes in Jesus is a son of Abraham and is a part of God's plan to bless the nations with the news of Jesus. Every language, every tribe, every ethnic group, every skin color, every race, every group on earth 
because God's heart is for the entire world. And it all goes back to the original promise that was given to Abraham. We're on to our final component of this timeline, and this is where it gets personal for you and I. This is where the rubber meets the road. We're going back to the book of Matthew to see when the blessing is applied. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission, and it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus has returned and he is instructing his disciples at this point to go into all nations, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. But this is not just a message meant simply for his disciples, but rather it's meant for you and I as well. We are called and instructed by Jesus to go into all nations and share about him. It all goes back to that promise given to Abraham 2,000 years before. So you say, okay, I understand that the blessing that was given to Abraham still applies to me today. Now what? What do I do with that? I want to give you two simple applications. And when I say simple, they are very simple. But they are two very foundational truths to what we as Christians believe. The first is this. The greatest blessing that you can ever receive is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The greatest blessing that you can ever receive is knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Yes, he can bless you with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Yes, he can bless you with a holy joy that overflows. And yes, he can bless you with a greater understanding of who he is. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then nothing else matters. You can go and do all of the good deeds. You can care for the orphans and provide for the widow. You can feed the hungry, but first and foremost, you need to know Jesus as your Savior. Knowing Jesus as your Savior is your greatest need, and knowing him as your Savior is the greatest blessing. To know him is to know that your sins are forgiven. To know him is to have the assurance that when you die, you're going to heaven. To know him is to be set free. To know him is the greatest blessing that you can ever receive. The second application is this. The greatest blessing that you can be is to share Jesus with someone else. Let me repeat that because I think it's rather important. And if there's one thing I want you to take away, it's this. The greatest blessing that you can be in your entire lifetime in this world is to share Jesus with someone else. Because when we understand what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus, when we understand the sacrifice that was made by God sending his son to die in our place that we might live eternally with him, when we understand the grace that has been extended to us, how can we not share it? Trusting in Jesus changes everything and trusting in Jesus literally changes someone's eternity. So knowing this, here's our job description. Find out what God is blessing and get involved in it. To help you understand God's blessing and his purpose a little bit more, I have an analogy. Growing up, we would often spend a couple of days or a week with some family friends on the opposite side of Iowa. 
We liked to spend our days boating, and one year we were boating on the Mississippi River. Our friends had the idea that we would strap on some life jackets, but not normally, obviously. You've got to put it on like a big diaper of a flotation device, and float down the river to the next beach. Now, my mom was a little hesitant, as any mom would be. Nevertheless, we reassured her. It was the Mississippi River mom, not the Missouri River. And I'm confident with two daughters, we gave her that level of sass as well. We floated along just fine to the next beach, and I was a small little kid, but the river was unfazed by us being in it. It was also unfazed by the people standing on the beach. It knew its purpose and it knew its course. God's blessing is like a river. Nothing hinders it, nothing stops it. His river of purpose is to bless the nations with the good news of Jesus and nothing is gonna change its course. So we can either hesitate on the banks or we can strap on our life jackets and jump into what he's blessing. Find out what he is blessing and get involved. When it comes to God's blessing, we often take a me-centered approach. You know what I'm talking about, right? We say, okay, God, I understand that you have a plan, but I would really like this job. I would really like to live here. I would really like to marry that person over there. God, would you bless it? When God has made it abundantly clear that his plan is to bless the nations through Jesus Christ, we need to get in line with what he's already blessing. Some of you need to get back in the river of that blessing. And I want to challenge you to do that today, to jump in and to make a commitment to stay there. You might be asking how to go about this, how to bless others, how to share about Jesus when you live in Sioux City, Iowa. Well, let me remind you that Sioux City, Iowa is part of the nations as well. You can use what God has blessed you with to share Jesus here. So don't let this global mindset make you have an excuse to not share Jesus with your neighbor. However, we can see through the promise that was given to Abraham that we are called to be global-minded, that we are called to preach the gospel to all ends of the earth. So one way we can go about that is by partnering with the people who are already doing the work. People who are sharing the gospel, who are caring for the vulnerable, who are being the hands and feet of Jesus. You can come alongside of the church in this For the World campaign as we feel we have identified some projects that God is clearly blessing. Let me show you what that looks like. You can partner with the lepers of Kilimanjaro, This is a people group that is outcast from society because they are believed to still be contagious from their leprosy. Our goal with this campaign is to provide them with a community, to provide them with housing, restrooms, running water, to help them build a store where they can sell items out of it so that they can produce revenue and so that they no longer have to beg on the streets to barely make ends meet. Our goal is to build them a community where they can feel loved and accepted and live in the way that God designed us to. You can partner with Life Support for Change, an organization in Tanzania that is coming alongside of and empowering young women and children through education and through economic opportunities. Our goal with this campaign is to help them finish the administration building on their campus, to provide two buses for transportation to school, As it currently stands, children often ride on the back of a motorcycle to school. 
We're hoping to help them buy uniforms for kids that are unable to afford them and to purchase kits for young women so that they can attend school all throughout the month. You can come alongside of Mission India, an organization that does one thing three different ways. They reach people for the gospel through adult literacy classes, church planter training, and children's Bible clubs. This is a country that is ranked the 10th most dangerous in the world to live as a Christian. And Mission India is not straying away from that fact, but rather empowering and training people who are from India to be boots on the ground to reach people with the gospel. And through this For the World campaign, we're going to help them to reach the Sundarbans, an area of India that they have not yet been. And we're going to help equip them to do so no matter the cost. You can partner with Ethnos 360 and the Luce family. The Luces are sunny brokers that we have supported for quite some time. And this organization is in Papua New Guinea. It's a little island with over 800 distinct indigenous languages. Where over 300 of those languages have yet to hear the gospel in their own language. Let's just pause for a moment to imagine that living in a world where you do not have access or ability to read the gospel for yourself. Missionaries are working so hard to change that, but through this campaign, we're hoping to help them purchase a helicopter so that they can reach the hardest to reach villages. Villages that are a two to three day hike that missionaries are doing, but it takes so long. Villages that it's 10 years before they would be able to get a runway for an airplane. Helping to purchase a helicopter will help them to reach these remote villages because no people group should be too far out of reach to hear the gospel. And finally, you can partner with La Casa de Mi Padre. This is an organization in El Salvador that's working to change how kids view the family unit. In El Salvador, the estimate is that up to 80% of kids don't have a father figure in their home. So in La Casa, what happens when kids are taken from their home situation, for whatever reason that is, they are placed with a married mom and dad. And that married mom and dad may have biological children who live with them as well, and then all of the kids that they are placed with. They operate as a true family unit. They have supper around a big dining room table. Picture a dining room table that can fit 20 people. They do homework together. They go to church together. They pray together. And through this campaign, our goal is to help replace a vehicle for one of the homes since it is broken down so that this family can continue to go out into the community and operate as a true family unit. You see, God has made it abundantly clear that he is blessing these organizations and the individuals behind him. His river of purpose to bless the nations it is running right through each of these projects. One way that you can get back in the river of God's blessing is through partnering with this campaign where we are not keeping a dollar for ourselves. We are sending it all back out into the world with the goal of a million dollars. Imagine the impact that God can make with that. You can partner with this church through finances, through time, and through prayer to align yourself with what God is blessing. Because when we understand the blessing that it is to know Jesus, and when we understand what a blessing it is to share about Jesus, how can we not 
be excited about what he is doing all around the world and ask how we can be a part of it. We're going to take a moment now to worship through singing and through turning in our pledge cards. The ushers are going to come forward with buckets, and you can fold your pledge card and put it in the bucket. But before we do that, let let me remind you that no matter how big or how small the number is on your pledge card, God is going to bless it. He's going to use it in mighty, mighty ways. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of your Son, God, that you sent him to die in our place that we might live eternally with you. Lord, help us to never forget what a blessing it is to know our Savior, to have a relationship with him. And in light of that, God, help us to respond and to share that blessing with others. God, thank you for the work that you are doing all around the world. Lord, through these organizations in Tanzania, Papua New Guinea, India, and El Salvador, Lord, thank you that they are being the hands and feet of Jesus to the most vulnerable, that they are sharing the gospel. And God, we know there are places all around the world doing so, and we are so thankful for how you're moving. God, thank you for the opportunity to partner with you in the work you're doing through our finances, through our time, and through our prayer, God, to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to share the gospel. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, check out our Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. For other talks, videos, and live gatherings, rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Download the Sunnybrook Church app or visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.